May I speak to you in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Jesus said, Children, you have no fish, have you? They answered him, No. He said to them, Cast the net to the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and they were not able to haul it in, because there were so many fish. This morning, I would like to ask you, as you are able, to join me in a spiritual exercise of fishing on the other side of the boat. I'd like to invite you to stand up, and wherever you're sitting, just switch sides of the congregation. Go for it. sitting on a side of the church that you have never sat on before. Look at this. All right. Well, welcome. Did you find some fish on the new side? The reason I had you do this, there's a reason, there's a point. And the point is, is that God's generosity wakes us up. God's generosity is startling, isn't it? They caught no fish. They were fishing all night to the wee hours with nothing. And Jesus comes and says something as simple as, fish from the other side of the boat. And they get 153 large fish. When God wants to be generous, God's not gentle about it. God startles us and wakes us up in this really powerful way to share his generosity. And this speaks to the fundamental question that we ask ourselves in the weeks following Easter. And it's also the fundamental question that the disciples and this early baby church were asking themselves, which is, for whom is salvation? We've experienced the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and we've come to believe that there is salvation in that, but who does it apply to? Is it just for the chosen people? Is it just for Jesus' followers? Who is this salvation for? Who receives the benefits of this life and death and resurrection? Who hears the good news? And the answer, as you might imagine, is all of us. Every single living, breathing being on this planet is a recipient of the good news, is a recipient of this gospel of resurrection. And this is startling. For centuries and centuries, the people in these stories believed that there was a chosen people and that they were the only ones who would benefit from God's grace. That is exactly what Paul believed. And he believed that so thoroughly that he sought to persecute those who would say otherwise. This is the fundamental question that we ask ourselves. Who is worthy? 
Our scripture this morning in so many ways answer that question. In Revelation, it says, Worthy is the Lamb. This Lamb, this baby who has produced no meat, has produced no milk and no wool in its little life so far, is worthy. Worthy is the persecutor, Paul. The man who dedicated his life to persecuting, to killing and murdering people who chose to follow Jesus. He's the enemy. He's the bad guy. He is worthy. He is worthy of God's healing. He's worthy of this salvation. Our gospel says worthy are the working people. Worthy are the fishermen. Worthy are those who are just trying to do their best to make ends meet. They shall have abundance. And of course, the message we cannot help but hear in all of these stories affects us personally. Worthy are you. Worthy are you. And let me be clear, this is not meant to make you feel good. This worthiness carries a lot with it. After we wake up and we have experienced God's generosity and we see the world in a different way, we are called to a greater mission. After we wake up and we are fed, we must go out to feed and to tend. The lamb that is worthy was midwifed into the world, helped along from one form of existence to another. The lamb was delivered. Paul, Paul was made to see. He received before he gave. He was healed. The fishermen literally were fed. They had a barbecue with Jesus on the beach. And all of that called them to a greater mission. Do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Feed my sheep. I think the closest thing that any of us can experience to a barbecue on the beach with the risen Lord happens on Wednesday nights here in this church. It's the community meal. If we truly believe that the light of Christ lives and dwells in each and every human being, and that each and every human being is worthy, then my God, our parish hall is filled with the light of Christ. And we have an opportunity to dine with the light of Christ. This is such a gift. This is such a gift. So God's startling generosity is the thing that calls us to a higher mission. We are delivered like the lamb. We are healed of our blindnesses like Paul. And we are fed like the disciples. And all for the purpose that we may deliver, heal, and feed all of God's flock. God's generosity is like water. When it's stagnant, it gets smelly, and it doesn't do anything. But when God's generosity flows like a river, it moves from person to person, and it nourishes, 
and it gives life and thriving. The best prayer that we have that I can leave you with comes from one of our Eucharistic prayers. Deliver us from the presumption of coming to this table for solace only and not for renewal. Let the grace of this Holy Communion make us one body, one spirit in Christ, that we may worthily serve the world in his name. Feed my sheep. Risen Lord, be known to us in the breaking of the bread. Amen.